0: Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of Saint Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske and Father Anthony Craig. How are you both doing today?
1: Something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> we're good. I'm I'm good.
2: Yeah, I'm doing well as well. <laughs> although we too low a little bit but i should sit up taller we we
1: were (laughs) we were sharing a joke earlier so it doesn't make any sense right now but chinese names we'll just say that yeah
0: yeah yeah they're they're in a um a mood right now so yeah Yeah. um well (laughs) good (laughs) this is a, a good start uh so well Father Eli, this is uh, this is the last podcast. This is the last week.
1: Final episode for for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed it. I hope people have gotten something out of it. But yeah, it's a new, it's a new day coming. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: might yeah. be a new a new life to this thing. So yeah. But no, it's 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 been it's been great. And uh, I guess while I'm saying these kinds of things, I could I'll just say. If, if I don't see you all this weekend or whenever I'll see you at some point but uh it's been a blessing to be here in the assignment and uh I trust you'll be in good hands with father anthony and i'm I'm grateful for what the Lord will do in the future here so i I look forward to watching from afar to the way God's providence guides the people here so.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Monday rolls around, and then Father Anthony's like, "I am, I am, I am the captain now," and then just takes over. Yes,
1: yes. I am the king. You will all listen to <laughs> me.
0: <laughs>
1: no, no, you'll Can be you the, imagine if I was like yeah, that? You'll yeah. no. be the good shepherd.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's it, though. It's a hierarchy of service in the church, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you you appear bigger to other people, but you're really not. You know. My life is not my own is really true. You yeah, know, it's it's given to others, and that's the way our Lord wanted His kingdom. Um, and yeah. He is the true King, right? I mean, but I'll take care of them, Father Eli. I will. I'll do everything I can. I oh, know That's will. a cool quote from Saint Thomas Aquinas. You know, dare to do all that you can. Like, whoa, mm. that sounds exhausting. But okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. that's good. Um, well, yeah, we have, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on, but there's not a lot of new things going on. It's right. kind of, we're kind of in the middle of Lent. Mm-hmm. What was this past weekend was the...
1: The midway point? The
0: the the midway, that's, right?
1: I think that's Letare and Gaudete. They both are the midway mm-hmm. point of those seasons, yeah. Yeah,
0: so, so yeah, we're halfway through Lent. Uh, and so, like, all that kind of stuff is just continuing to go on. We had our Theology of the Body... day retreat this last saturday which i thought was a success
1: yeah we had 240 or 50 people here or something Mm like that for Yeah. yeah it went really well um i was pleased with the turnout and with how it went so there's always things that can be improved but yeah yeah
2: it was awesome i loved being a part of it too just seeing everybody from you know it was like a camp survive like reunion in some ways too. Just seeing everybody from the camp survive, but they were present there too. Mm-hmm. And many of them, um, and then a lot of the youth ministers and lots of chaperones as well. It was good to see that uh, there's a great spirit of fraternity among the youth ministers and and directors of religious education in our diocese. It's really, you know, evident. Mm-hmm. And then Father Mike uh, Schmitz and Nick Davidson do such a wonderful job of presenting theology of the body to young people mm-hmm. that it's palatable for them but it, at, at the same time challenging. Yeah. yeah. Some of the stories blew me away. I was like, whoa, I need to gulp
0: for a moment here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's good and I've, you know, I've heard a lot of that before from them in different ways but there's just something about like, I think every time you hear it you're just like, oh, like that strikes a chord that strikes a chord and it's like, oh, that, that's a good challenge and mm-hmm. So like, oh, we like, like, yeah, there's a you know, a big component of it that is especially with high schoolers, and most of the time that it's probably talked about theology of the body, it's kind of directed towards purity and chastity, and um, the what role sex has in our humanity, but there's another part of just like, yeah, it's just like, just speaks into our humanity, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just always like a good, like a good refresher and a good like challenge
1: yeah yeah and just see that connection I think it's good for kids that we're not just talking about these things but it's like part of who we are and we want you to receive this as a gift like it, I think it's really important to change that perspective of uh, churches kind of down on these things or whatever it's like no we're actually all about them we just want you to receive like as, as abundantly as possible these great gifts that God wants to share with us that he's created us for. And so when you can kind of, at least for me, when I encountered Theology of the Body for the first time, that was like quite refreshing to kind of grasp a new way of looking at um, the whole area of chastity, purity, dating, um, you know, our sexuality, all these things that can be kind of uncomfortable to talk about with parents or peers, even in a, in a serious way. Um, yeah, just to bring renewal to that whole area is is definitely something that's needed. And I think people are drawn to it when they start to understand like, Oh, this is actually a good thing. Like I don't have to be ashamed of this stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm. Redeems it. So yeah, good. Um, yeah, and it was cool for, like for a confession. There's like 10 priests here. Yeah. So, it was like, oh. It's just it was cool seeing the collars. So, yeah, it was. Um, great. Well, well today, we're going to uh finish up our series on the beatitudes. Um and uh today we're talking about the the last two um beatitudes and the words that Uh, Fulton Sheen connects um, those two, the words of Christ that Fulton Sheen connects those two Um, but before we jump into that Father would you open us in a prayer? Sure. Father,
1: Son, and Holy Spirit Amen Lord we thank you for this opportunity to gather today uh, to share this time talking about this great teaching that you gave us of the Beatitudes we ask you to bless our conversation and we also pray for any parishioners in the cluster may be in need of particular prayers at this time, we lift them up in prayer, we pray for all the needs of the individuals of our families and people that um, you would be there and present to them in their need, and we entrust all these things to our Blessed Mother as we say Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, thee. blessed Blessed art thou among women, and and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, Amen. Amen son,
0: holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Great. Uh, well, so we're going to start off with um with uh blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called uh the children of God. And uh the um this was probably one of my like favorite chapters in this book hmm. because so he fully connects this beatitude to um when jesus says it is finished um which is um uh, you know right when jesus like dies mm-hmm. um and so when he's and fulchinger goes on to kind of talk about like the moment that jesus dies on the cross like yeah he's i guess saying like 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 his kind of like his like war that he's fighting is finished mm. Like, everything that he's um, been, like, fighting for. And that the world is like, brought, brought peace because sin has been defeated and the chains have been broken. So, like, and so it, it's kind of interesting that he talks about, like, it is finished isn't, like, it's not like a peace treaty. But it's, like, a victory of a war. Which is kind of interesting when he connects that to, like... Blessed are the peacemakers because I think when we in today's world think of peace, we just think of like almost like the absence of war, mm-hmm. not necessarily like harmony. Harmony, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that was like an interesting uh, a way to think about it and kind of how he starts it off, yeah, there,
1: yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, I remember my first pastor, uh, now Bishop Peter, but Father Peter at the time at the cathedral gave a homily about. Something about this, how, and maybe he was, maybe he had been reading Fulton Jean, I don't know, but he talked about how um, we, we strive as humanity to create peace, to do peace, but there's actually no way to have true peace unless we're rooted in Christ. And so all our attempts at, at creating a, sort of the earthly kingdom are doomed to fail if we're not rooted in Christ. And so there's this, yeah, this idea of. The peacemaker is Christ, and we become peacemakers when we're united to Christ. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of a rich idea, because I think sometimes we just we just look at the world and say we got to fix the world, we got to end poverty, we got to end, you know, hunger, all these things. We got to overcome those things. Got to beat cancer. Um, It's like, well, Christ comes to bring peace. Maybe He has the answer for us, because we can't do it on our own. We we seem to be keep failing and repeating this cycle of failure in that regard when we're apart from from what the Lord is doing so
2: that's that's right on Father Eli like that's the, the teaching of the church I mean Christ being um the one who's the um model for all the Beatitudes too right he was the the man of the Beatitudes you know in that sense and that's truest sense and what he shares with us is where we'll find the origin of that true peace you know, being sons and daughters of God is is that's true comfort and joy, um, and we can have joy and peace in that relationship uh, of Him with Him, and that's how oh, that's that's so great. And we know that His providential plan will bring us um, to that homeland and that final embrace with Him, so we can have peace. Even if there's other emotions that happen within us, we can still have peace. I mean, it's interesting. You can be distraught and. Um, in, a, in stressful situations but still have peace. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting dynamic that's very true um, because you're at rest with someone. doesn't mean, you know, your, your body won't be working hard, you know, your mind, uh, your, your heart reaching out to somebody, you really care about them, but there's still peace, you know, deep within that resides there that is nourishing and we just know that that's there i mean this state of grace really right to remain Mm -hmm. in the state of grace is, if you're right with before god you are at peace you can be at peace i remember doing um prison ministry uh, in moose lake a little bit and uh, i was there just for five months and um it was something i loved to give them the news after confession you know you are at peace and you are free also you know you have such freedom uh, to be who you are now because it's been given to God you can begin again even if you're uh, behind bars you're still free you know in your soul uh, with God to live with him as his son or daughter so that's that's something that I think about it a little bit too and, and peace is what we want I mean we long for that too in the Old Testament it was one of the biggest prayers that Israel ever made was for peace upon their kingdom upon their people they always wanted it and that the Messiah would bring true peace. Uh, and this is what he's brought. I mean, he's, he did it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: mm-hmm. um, and he's given it to us. He's shared it, but not as the world gives. I mean, he says that too. Um, not as the world gives it, but uh, do I give it to you? So it's it's mystical you know, in a certain way too through that invisible grace, but it's very real. Mm-hmm. And you can sense it at times, you can feel it at times, but uh don't don't just trust on the feelings or say i want that it's enough to know actually that i have peace with god right yeah
0: yeah and i think uh, i mean there's there's a big like you said father uh, there's a big difference between like the peace of christ and the peace of the world mm-hmm. and fulton jean talks about a lot that the like the peace of the world is like a false peace and um I'll have to try to find this little like excerpt but he he's talking about how like how the world and especially like when Jesus was being crucified that uh that all the chief priests and everything they were calling for peace they were they were calling for like a worldly peace which is basically just like stop like stop fighting this war to a certain extent, of like, stop, like, just come down from the cross, just just stop. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just find it because it is like it, it's just very powerful. Um, when he's just thinking about, like, like, yeah, why does it have to be this way? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and how and how like Jesus says, like, you know, I did not come to bring peace but the sword, and so like that kind of it kind of like contradicts it a little bit. But, but in only in within, like, the lens of the world, right? So, so yeah, so Bishop, uh, Bishop um, Sheen talks about how, like, did not the very ones who put him to death ask him to make terms with them? Did they not shout up to the throne, come down from the cross and we will believe? In other words, come down and we will make make a false peace. You are too insistent in the rights of your Heavenly Father. You are too uncompromising about sin. You are too intolerant about your divinity. Can you not see that your claim to be the Son of God and Redeemer of the world is upsetting the world? Did you not hear one of the judges say to you last night, one man must die for for the nation to keep peace? Come down and we will have peace. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so striking. I mean, in our current context, how many issues or things do we as Catholics find ourselves in conflict with the world like, Kind of these things like, make peace with us. We want you. We want you to be in harmony with us, and that means you have to let go of all these Catholic things, these Catholic beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like they're not in harmony with with us, and if you want peace, you got to let all that go. And here we are standing in that place and saying, we can't. This, we have no choice but to reject the peace of the world that you're offering to us, and um, because as you say, it's a false peace not rooted in Christ, not rooted in truth, not rooted in our, our very selves as human beings and so um, we find ourselves at times struggling with that and trying to figure out because we've all had the experience of gosh I really would be a, I really would like to have worldly peace with this person like you know when I have a when when we as priests have conversations with person who are upset about something we've said or done um, at times it, it is a a teaching of the church that they're really combating against or frustrated with. And um it is tempting in those moments to be like, well forget this. Just do whatever you like. I don't wanna I don't wanna have an argument with you. I don't wanna try to convince you. You're obviously not wanting to be convinced. In in those moments we can be uh sort of like, uh this is is this worth it? But it's always worth it. It's always worth it to remain in the truth and uh in moments we we might falter, but, um, yeah, I think of, I mean, it's a beautiful image of thinking of kind of what you read there from Fulton chain of Christ was making peace, even though in the moment it seemed very contentious. So. Mm -hmm.
0: And he goes on to say a little bit later that like peace for us means right conscience, Hmm. which, Hmm. you know, I guess I never really thought of it like that before. Um, and I think, you can kind of hear that a little bit from the world sometimes because like, like, like at times people will say like, like I need to, like if somebody has done a, a wrong or like I need to like make peace and almost like I need to like do right by my conscience to like make up for this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's, to a certain extent, there's part of the, like that truth that is in, like in the world. Mm. But, um, yeah, but yeah, just this idea of like, yeah, we can't like, we can't make a like a false peace because like, I'm, I'm sure we probably all have done that at some point, right. made you know, made something. a false peace or compromise on something, and then just inside of us like, oh, I feel terrible, like, like, like I'm not at peace now. Yeah, that was you not know? a good idea. <laughs>
1: that was a bad thing. Something wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's it, though. That's it. Something wrong. <laughs> oh, should not have done that.
0: Um, so something that, like, Fulton Sheen goes on to say here is like is just that. Um, he talks about like entering into a false peace as like selling the savior for thirty pieces of silver. Mm and it was just like that's kind of what you just did. Yeah. You know, was and so it's like yeah, I don't know. It, it was like I've never thought of like these concepts in these ways before. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah just like we need to be prepared to like suffer the scorn um uh, like because we are peacemakers, which yeah, through the world's eyes, that's contradictory. So I I I just think it's really interesting. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, you so,
2: think about Joseph um and the technicolor dream coat i mean joseph uh, and his brother selling him too for silver yeah um and just like christ you know they wanted peace in their hearts just to not see him anymore you know they didn't want to see their brother who was the favorite and he's a dreamer he's got all these cool things just i don't want to see you anymore you know, mm-hmm. that was basically what they were saying. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You are obnoxious to us. We either kill him or we... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's let, let's sell him over here. Let, then he's out of our sight, out of our minds. We probably won't see him again. And uh, they thought they had peace after that, right? Mm-hmm. But it came home to them several years later, mm-hmm. many years later. Yeah. It always does. Yeah. It always does. Oh, it does. And so it's better to have your head on a swivel. What are we actually doing here to achieve some sort of perceived peace. So it's good to be in, in a prayerful state, like always, you know, as best we can. But like to, to keep your head on a swivel and to say, what's really going on here? What is the best decision here, even if it might be painful? Hmm. You know, maybe I'll face the pain of today um, because if I don't, there'll be greater pain later if I decide on another course of action hmm. that will bring
0: me a momentary peace, a false peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, part of the different thoughts of peace that come from, like, the worldly thought of peace and the Christian idea of peace also just comes from the way of looking at the world and how we, uh, uh, and how, like, Bishop Sheen kind of talks about this and he says that, like, life is not a victory. Like, we're not... Like we're not here on Earth to celebrate the victory. Like this is the war. Like we're in, we're currently in the war. Whereas like, and that's kind of the Christian way of looking at the world. To a certain sense, we're not, we're not made for this place. This isn't, yeah. this isn't our end goal. Where like the world is kind of like, get rich, be happy, have fun, because you're gonna die one day. And so it's kind of like this is the victory lap. Whereas like for us, it's like no, this is, this is the war lap <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and then uh and he just full Jean goes on to say like that like he's at this life is not a victory this life is a war and god hates peace in those who are destined for war which like that like when i read that i just like got pumped up and was like yeah let's like let's go fight or something you know i don't know mm-hmm. like it just like re- that, that was just very very motivating to me um as a man but um but it just like yeah it kind of hit me in this way that Um, like, yeah, we're, we're peacemakers, but not in a, yeah, superficial, like, uh, not in in a superficial way, but also like, that doesn't mean just like getting arguments with with people and like yell at people. And we're neither passive in front of a
1: fight that needs to be fought to, to remain peaceful with Christ, peaceful in our conscience, nor are we aggressive and out there trying to stir the pot and and yeah. and, and create you know some kind of controversy or something. Yeah. So.
0: And I think that's probably where the other beatitudes come into with meekness and mm. being merciful and all this like right there Complimentary also. Mm. But um, but yeah, yeah, just just this idea of like of of Christian peace first, like peace of the world. I just think, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, signed up for battle at our baptism. That's,
2: mm-hmm. that's uh, kind of the, the case. But gosh, I was looking at some things about peace in general, and Acts 10 talks about that the teachings of Christ represent the good news of peace. So even the truth to our minds in the midst of the battle can bring us interior peace um, and maintain it by staying close to those teachings and our actions and everything else. And then we can interact with the world, even though the world is trying to entice us to that false peace, to a sense that you, oh, you're not in battle. Just be good to yourself. Here, have some sin. You know, like, <laughs> and yeah, like no, no, no. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna face the battle of that temptation, because in Christ I'm victorious, and He's brought me peace that I, you can't give me. You know, you look at the martyrs and all these people that. Witness their lives, they had peace that they would die protecting in many ways. And it was part of their identity in their sonship and daughtership of, of in being in Christ. And it's just such a great encouragement to us too, those brothers and sisters of ours. Yeah, they're great witnesses to kind of remain in the true peace that Christ gives. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the peacemakers,
0: yeah. happy. Joyous, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's I, that's great, and yeah, I mean that can kind of transition into the the next and last beatitude here and last word of Christ, um, which is, uh, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, and this is connected to uh, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Which I, I mean, unlike the face level, this is probably like probably one of the most like least popular mm-hmm. biases because like oh I, like yeah I I want to be merciful I want to be I want to be a peacemaker, like those all seem like good things and it's like blessed are they who more and you're like I'd rather not you know, <laughs> um, and and I think yeah it's it's interesting because yeah Fulton Sheen starts this off starts this off with. Like the world never regards mourning as a blessing, but always a curse just as it sees the cross. So, um, so again, it's kind of one of these, like showing like the Beatitudes of Christ and then the, the Beatitudes of the world is what he calls them. Like these contradictory, um, ways of like living and seeing the world, um, so yeah yeah the world never regards mourning as a blessing but i was a curse just as, just as it sees the cross um yeah yeah which is just kind of deep
2: it is it's like um yeah it, it's worth pondering and i was expressing to father eli earlier that, that there are times when i'm looking at it going what a mysterious phrase these phrases the beatitudes in general um uh, they fascinate me because I don't understand uh, them fully. <laughs> I, I, I get glimpses, and Christ is the best, the most clarity I've found, you know, with these Beatitudes. Um, illness, pain, poverty, all those afflictions that can hit us. There's something favored about that state that is wild because it it uh, seems to contradict what uh, what I've been taught as an American, as a kid growing up, you know, Pain and suffering came when you got an F or something in class. When you uh, were disciplined. Uh, when you needed to be, um, these things brought pain and suffering, affliction of sorts, you know. And it was always something to be avoided by right action or getting better and all of these things. But then um, there's something favorite about it because it's an offering. It can be, um, but it's still it's still wild. Blessed are those who lament. Might be another way to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, somebody yep. who's in the state of lamentations, Jeremiah. As, as we look at his life, we think he's sad, but he was blessed. You know, they, they even named a church after Jeremiah from the Old Testament in the Venice. Hmm. There's a Saint Jeremiah Church. It's like really cool. They have all these Old Testament. Figures. How do they say it in Italian? I think it's Jeremias or okay. something like that. Okay. I think they kept Saint Jerome is really funny. I forget what it is, but oh yeah, it's Hieronymus. Uh, Something it like, sounds like Geronimo I mean, when, when you first. Look I was like, it.
0: okay, yeah. what, what is this?
2: But anyway, yeah, yeah
0: this, <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: true though. Yeah, <laughs> but out the hall blessed are those who mourn. So I was reading a little bit. Um, Pope Benedict the Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth, had this great phrase like uh, about this, blessed are they who mourn, and uh, he said, standing under the protection of God's power, secure in His love that is true comfort corresponding to kind of the promise for they shall be comforted blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted um standing under the protection of god's power secure in his love that is true comfort and we have a lot of that here in this life there is some comfort but it is points to the end of time you know and points to uh, the beatific vision um, where all those sufferings will be turned into the victorious part of our life you know
0: um, yeah, it's powerful.
2: It's, it's still a mystery though. I'm kinda...
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think part of like what's hard to grasp this is cause like, yeah, we're like, we're told probably in every, like every aspect of life that like morning is bad. Like, which, which maybe not the state of morning, but that like, that means something bad has happened, which is not good. Right. right, right. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, it's interesting cause he, um, Fulton Sheen says that it must not be thought that the beatitude of our Lord is either a condemnation of laughter and joy or a glorification of sorrow and tears, which I think, which is like, Oh, that's a good, a good statement. right? And our Lord did not believe in a philosophy of tragedy any more than we do. The difference between the beatitude of Jesus and that of the world is kind of like where we place our joy. Um, is it in time or is it in like eternity? So is it in this world or is it in the next world? Hmm. And it's kind of like, shall we mourn before we die or shall we, we mourn after we die? Um, which which that was just, yeah, an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, but just that first part of like, blessed are they that mourn isn't unblessed are those who laugh and have joy, right? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're not blessed, you're laughing.
2: (laughs) Look at those unblessed people over there. (laughs) Think of it, next time you're at a restaurant, people are laughing. Oh, they are so not blessed.
0: No, you don't want to think that. Um, that. Imagine being joyful. Uh, Yeah.
2: uh, Cheerfulness is, you know, a sign.
0: It should Mm -hmm. be a a commonplace
1: thing in our midst, but there's sort of this contradiction of, like, you can experience the morning of Christ... Being united to Christ and suffering or whatever But at the same time experience the joy You know And sometimes people don't Think that that's possible to have both Mm -hmm. You know It's a hard thing for us to kind of tackle Seems so contradictory
2: It does Even in a married couple's life When they go through suffering They think that either they did something wrong Or things like that If it's come upon them the suffering that is And you know what happens often through those strategies is there's two possibilities. You can either grow further apart, farther apart, okay, geographically, um, <laughs> or you can become more intimate and because you've shared that together. Mm. You know, the sufferings and afflictions, um, the mourning that we go through can be a source of growth instead of a, a source of just true sorrow, and then we um, feel lots of self pity, you know, is justified. Um, but that's not that's not the case. it should be you know integrated into that relationship with the Lord and mourning with him and we share it and we grow. Um, sometimes we don't perceive our own growth, but it can happen that way and, and with a married couple too, they go through a great suffering or a suffering child of theirs and they can grow more intimate um, in their relationship with each other because I I, I, remember, I can't remember if it was Leon Bloy, I think, was the French writer that talked about. There are parts of the human heart that don't exist yet, and suffering can break those parts of the of the heart open so that they can come into existence. Hmm. Um, there are parts of the human heart that don't exist yet, but suffering brings them about, um, and it's the only way sometimes for those to come about. It's really powerful because you're like, wow, that is true growth. That you know, the heart becomes bigger. Um, and then no one can be jealous for the the arrived state of maturity through that suffering because no, nobody would be envious of it because of the way you got it because you had to suffer mm-hmm. it to receive it to to understand it so it's actually a beautiful gift from God that no one would, would want to envy you know born of suffering it's a beautiful
0: part of his teachings I mean I think mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, I think there's something that has to do with suffering and mourning that, I mean, the, like, world hates, but I think it's also at the same time, like, fascinated with. Because, like, if you look at, like, our stories and our, like, popular movies, there's always, it, like, like it's almost become, like, a cliche that it's just, like, oh, like, orphaned person or, like, gone through a lot of tragedy. Like, it's always, like, the underdog. Yeah, superheroes but, are always but, come but, from
1: kind of some... Background like that, don't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, and so I like there is something to it there that I think like the world recognizes, and maybe because it's maybe more people like identify with that, like like being like like probably probably, and sadly, not everyone has experienced good like good things or joy, like in a true like a true joy, but a lot of people have experienced like the sorrows and the pains and like whether they know it or not, the cross. Right. And so, and so that's something that like, maybe there's something there that it's like, um, Fulton Sheen makes this really interesting point that like in, in the gospel, there's no records that Jesus ever laughed, but there are many records of his tears. And so one of these things that's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you can just think, look at that, and be like, Oh, well that's depressing. Like, uh, but at the same time, that's more relatable. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he showed us
2: human emotions that, uh, where we're in great need, we we know that we can find in him someone who understands, um, who we can approach with our, you know, maybe shameful parts, and just be like, you know, I didn't want to share this or bring this up or go through this, but I know you understand because you've cried before, you've lost someone you love. Um He loved Lazarus, I mean, he loved him um and and he went through that sorrow of of loss because also death was not in his original plan um so there is something proper about the mourning that goes through that somebody goes through with yeah. meeting that suffering and tragedy, but with him, you can bear it, so it doesn't become it's so it's not a burden um if it is it's a it's a light one <laughs> you know um yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's so much there you know Christ meets us in our sufferings I so often in my experience with people working with people is it is in the moments when they're suffering or being having some kind of struggle that the lord breaks into their life in a powerful way and all of a sudden they're they're open to him in a new way and um so God can use those things and does use those things, so often to awaken us to the deeper meaning of this earthly pilgrimage. You yeah. know, we t- we take a step back from the so the worldly perspective of like everything is here and I'm just I'm all about this life and we just start to say that doesn't fulfill me. That if this is my end, like I don't understand. I wanna I don't understand it a different way and that's what the Christian perspective offers us is that and so so often it is through our mourning or through our sorrows that we are open again to see Christ's message and his his love for us.
0: And how that changes our lives Yeah and like to get to a point that we can some day say like Father into your hands I commend my spirit, rather than like thinking of the opposite of that where it's like. I mean, so many people in our society are so like afraid of death and afraid of like afraid of like what's I guess what's next, or like uh, and and you know I think a lot of that is just because the world says like hey. Have fun now, like, you know, because someday, like, you'll die and there's nothing after that, right?
2: Yeah, happiness and blessedness are just being sold to us through through advertisements constantly, selling us Mm -hmm. this that you can achieve it here and now, and that you must. Mode, yeah, and by having whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, a really nice cup holder that fits. Um, whatever you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or this
0: coaster. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, because the like, this the bi beat, this beatitude it promises comfort, which is like what we want, right? Like that's what everything, what everyone wants in this world is comfort. You know, comfort, happiness, yeah. safety, security, yeah. comfort. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're promised that through this beatitude, but. I, I, we never even get to that because it's just like ah, bah, I don't want to, I don't want to have to mourn, you know, like, yeah. like like that seems that seems bad. But even in mental health, you know,
2: the mental health world, suppressing those tears and not, not going to them and letting them happen, is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll even acknowledge that. Like there's a, something that happens. I don't know the chemical reactions, but when you cry, there's something uh, good that happens within you. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, if you properly mourn. Um, you move past it. If you don't, um, you, de- you never get past it okay. until you really mm. let those tears flow. And it happens at different times, I suppose. My mom, she was talking to somebody in the supermarket she hadn't seen in about 10 or 11 years, and she was talking about, yeah, I'm just, the, the woman was saying to my mother, I'm still uh, still trying to get over my, um, my mother's death, and da-da-da. My mom asked, when did she die? And she said, 15 years ago. My mom, my mom thought it was like last week the mm-hmm. way she she looked, but it was like fifteen years prior. Was like, I think we should move forward but but apparently mourning had not occurred yeah. for that to to for her to move forward um so it wasn't such an intense emotional um you know hangover from from all of that but it's it's mourning can be good and it brings comfort you know yeah. it mm. does.
1: It's the, the wisdom and the beauty of the Catholic funeral liturgy and the process that we go through. It's meant to help that process unfold so that we can, not that we just say, okay, we've done the morning and now we move on, but it's, it's this idea of like healthy, it's a healthy experience to go through that um, in, in that way and to express ourselves in a liturgical way that speaks to the heart, speaks to the reality of what's happening instead of kind of what we see in our culture is this sort of whitewashed, like, let's let's all pretend we're happy and we're celebrated and didn't they live a great life and good for you, man, good for you. Uh, we've, we've done it all and, and uh, you know, we try to make it into this kind of feel-good thing. It's like, well, this person has died. It's okay to mourn and mm-hmm. we need to mourn. And if we don't, like you said, it's going to come out in a sideways way
2: celebration of life <laughs> <laughs> i do not like that phrase for a, for a funeral <laughs> you know? in some ways yes you you cherish their life you, and there's a sense where that's true but uh, that's not what we call the funeral liturgy you yeah. know yeah. We're, it's the burial of a christian soul you know and they deserve the dignity and the ritual that um a life lived in such a good may- way hopefully uh, deserves that dignity that we can give them and while we we cry while we do it that is a good thing it's it's very healthy and to let the tears come and yeah down the road you know it's always a process of, of mourning it's kind of a process of, of moving forward
1: yeah. um, it depends on the circumstances too you know if yeah. it's a tragic death or this person was older and they you know they're in the nursing home like there can be some in some sense like a release of like okay this person was ready we're ready. This is a good thing for them. We're still going to miss them, but, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, you miss their smile, but then, you know, you're mourning and you're looking for comfort one day, and with the resurrection of the dead, I mean, that, see them bodily is what we want, you know, again, mm-hmm. and to embrace them again, you know, of course, we'll be caught up in the life of the Trinity and you know, well, look what Jesus did for me, we'll probably say a little bit more of, you know, but <laughs> mm-hmm. that, we want that, and so the morning is it's also that longing there, too, to be with them. Yeah, um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. beautiful, it was deep.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think, I mean, the last kind of thing that I noted when I, um, that... <laughs> Fulton Sheen said, was that, think not that the beatitude of mourning means the enthronement of sorrow, which is kind of what we've talked about, but then, uh, for it ends in the triumphant flight into the father's embrace, which, which to me is like, oh yeah, that's like the comfort part. Right. And so it's like, yeah, there is, um, like there is the, there is the pain, there is the sorrow, there is like all of that. But, um, I mean, even just thinking of the, like the imagery of like a little kid who like you know i don't know stubs their toe or falls out of a tree or something it's like yeah like the pain happens but then comes like the father's embrace and you know just being like hey it's going to be okay you know hmm. so just like that um i feel like that's a like a good imagery for like it's like yeah the the pain happens and we feel that but that um but like without the pain the father's embrace doesn't come which maybe that's not a perfect analogy but Mm. but uh but just like that kind of imagery i think is helpful rather than um just like oh like this bad thing happened and now like i'm all alone and just like um kind of can be despairing at times so which is not what the beatitude is for right the beatitude is probably to to make sure that there is no despair. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, just how how great
2: it is when the kid feels that pain and there's a father's embrace, uh, maybe in this this life, but really pointing to the, the heavenly, our Heavenly Father. How powerful that is for us in those moments then, too. Because it was happening all the time and we never fell out of the tree or something. Um, it wouldn't mean as much. It wouldn't be as tender or as intimate. Um, as if we hadn't gone through that pain you know if we go through that pain it's it's more tender it's more communicating someone's presence when we're weak you know then we become strong you know in that sense like because of someone else's presence um, and they can't take away our pain but they can be there with us in it you know that's that makes all the difference then too and you're much more grateful to that person who's walked with you through that pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Good, well, yeah, with this we can close up the the podcast. Uh, thanks, Father Anthony, for joining, and thanks, Father Eli, for for everything over the last, what would have been 21 months by the, the, the end of this. So, yeah, I know, I mean, I'm sure it's been said before, but we're all just very thankful of your time and uh, everything you've given to these parishes over the last, you know, almost two years. So uh yeah, yes, yeah, so we're just thankful for your for your presence and for your service. So thanks, Dan. And I'm grateful to have had this time. So yeah. Great. It's been good. 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 Well, um yeah, so with that we'll close up uh this episode and an era of the show. And uh and, you know, next week we'll start a new era, right? <laughs> That's right. Mhm. So in the mm-hmm. wake of a venerable Father Eli,
2: <laughs> in the wake of his departure, it will be an honor, and I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. Uh, Wayne's world. Dear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you again, Fathers, for being a part uh, of this. And uh, yeah, we will catch you all again next time.